Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJL General Contractors. SJL General Contractors is licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee. This family-owned business provides mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you're in need of any of these services, you can contact them at 931 933-4660. That is 931-433-4660. If you'd like to be employed by this family-owned company, three W's and a dot, sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. I was given a letter of recommendation to allow me to attend a vertical access class. This was a class going to be taught exclusively to uh, tactical operators, and I was going to be allowed to attend the thing as a civilian. I was super excited about it. We're going to spend three or four days at a training compound in uh, Tuscaloosa County, and we're going to do some really neat stuff with ropes. We're going to be repelling in the urban environment. We're going to be repelling out in the woods. We're going to have to rig repels so that when you got to the bottom, you could retrieve your rope. You can do that with a double rope setup, or you can do it with an equivocation hitch. Uh, in one scenario, we're going to repel down and have to lock off and engage targets downrange with a rifle and then transition to a pistol, all of this while hanging on the side of a building suspended by a rope. In, in one of the practical scenarios, we were supposed to access the top of a building and insert a team into a window to, to do a takedown. Uh, I was not part of the takedown team, but my uh, the group that I was working with had selected me to be the rig master. So I got to set up all the anchors. I got to preset all the ropes, and then I was supervising my team as they repelled in. Well, as part of the scenario, we got a message uh, on the radio that said the team that made the uh, entry had found a device and we had two minutes to clear the building. Well, as we began to evacuate the top of the building, it, I, we realized that one of the medical personnel that had come to this practical but just to watch did not have any repelling gloves. And the unique way that I had it set the ropes up allowed us to improvise a lowering system and lower this guy off the side of the building where he didn't have to use gloves. And then the young officer that was the, the other team's uh, rig master, we simul repelled down the side of the building, hit the ground and ran to the end of our ropes as the timer went off and, and we successfully cleared the building. Uh, the guy that I bunked with was a jungle survival expert. I remember calling Jackie on the phone and saying, hey, this dude, you know, goes down to South America a couple of times a year and, and teaches jungle survival. And there was another guy there with one of those high speed, low profile helmets with night vision. And I mean, I was with some some really serious dudes and I was a little starstruck, I guess you should say, that, that I was just there as this, you know, civilian uh, particularly a middle-aged civilian in, in, in this elite company. And I would tell Jackie every night what somebody had done or what somebody had said or what somebody's equipment looked like. And I just felt a little bit out of my league there. Well, after we got home and they sent me a picture, a group picture of the class, and it was the day that we had crossed a river using our ropes and then had done an envelopment on a guy in the woods and had to rappel down to him. Really, really neat uh, exercise. And so we were standing there in front of this stream and we were in our uh, – you know, camouflage outfits, 
and it was a group picture. And I said, Jackie, these, these are the guys I was with for that class. And she looked at it and said, well, they don't look all that special to me. You, you fit right in. Well, I, I think I know what she meant. I think maybe she said that I didn't stand out from that crowd as, as, as not fitting in, but that's not what it sounded like. I was sitting in Waffle House. I was eating a pre-workout omelet, and the gentleman sitting next to me remarked that he had just left the gym, and he was eating a meal to recover. I told him I was headed to work out as well. While we were talking, the supply truck rolled through the parking lot, and the staff audibly moaned. The guy beside me chuckled. Oh, man, they're going to have to unload that truck. I remarked, yeah, yeah, when I worked at Hardy's, they'd call us in on Saturday when they had a truck to unload. He laughed and mimicked looking at a call on his phone. Nope, not answering that. <laughs> and then we both laughed. I added, yeah, well, when I worked at Hardy's, those phones didn't exist. My phone was attached to the wall, and you couldn't tell who was calling. He said, well, I came up in the 80s. I said, well, I was born in 1963. And then he said, well, you look great for your age. I hope I'm put together like that when I'm that old. I, I, I know what he meant. I really, really know what he meant. I honestly really know what he meant. I also know how I was tempted to feel about it. I also know how I wanted to be wounded or offended or upset. No matter how kind or mean people's words are, as the person receiving the words, I've got to run them through a little personal filter. If we are looking to be offended, bullied, or feel devalued, we will be. If we are looking to learn, to get better, to take correction, or just be honest about things that we need to hear, then we can and we'll hear those messages as well. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. We are warned as word users to be careful how we wield them. And yet at the same time as word consumers, as people who receive words, we should take as much care in how we interpret, filter, accept, believe, and apply the things that we hear. And it's not only about the things that we hear, but it's the things that, that people do. It's how we interpret other people's actions and, and what they say about us and what they say about them. Again, it bothered me, and, and it shouldn't have, but it did. I should have been grateful, but I wasn't. I should have thought, how kind, but I didn't. You see, we had hosted the police academy on the challenge course, and I let all 22 of them get on my giant teeter-totter element. And this was a large police academy, not the number, but the individuals. And my teeter-totter broke. I've been using that teeter-totter for years and had never even heard it strain, and all of a sudden, it snaps in the middle. So, 
in preparation for the men's day on the course, I needed to build a new teeter-totter. Six 12-foot 2x6s, 13 8-foot long decking planks, two 12-foot 2x4s, two 12-foot decking planks, one 6-foot long 6x6. Not even enough wood to use in my trailer. I could just pick that stuff up in the tactical Toyota. I could just drive my little black truck down there, prop everything up, put a rope around it, anchor it down, and I'd be good to go. I bounced over to the big box store, got one of those little trolleys, loaded it up, went to the checkout line, paid the cashier, and started outside. This young man at the door said, you could bring your vehicle under the awning and load it right here. My response was, that'll be fine. You know, I'd hate to tie up this spot from the professional builders. I'm just parked right over there. All right, sir, whatever you say. And then, and then he followed me to my truck and started helping me unload the wood. Do I look like I need help? Does he see me as a little 50-something guy who will hurt himself? How does he think I got all that stuff on the blue trolley in the first place? He didn't, he, he, he didn't even ask me if I needed help. He assumed that I needed help. Or maybe it's his job to help everybody. Maybe it's his job to help everybody leaving Lowe's. Let's consider this. Maybe someone offers to help to visit to pray, to tend to the baby, to carry a burden, to bring some food, to call and ask where you've been. Those actions actually say very little about you and something about them. They care. They are concerned. They are kind. It doesn't have to make them insulting or busybodies or know-it-alls or intrusive. But you know what? Maybe it does say something about you. Maybe it says you are valued, you are loved, you are thought about, you are cared about. I'm doing my best with a team of individuals to introduce peer support to our local police department. And what we're doing with the peer support is trying to give each other permission to ask for and offer help with the same amount of ease. It's, it's called being interdependent. It puts us in the position where that if I think I see that you need something, you're struggling with something, or maybe I just have the ability to ask and I don't even have to have any probable cause, but I get to care about you because you're valuable enough to care about that I can simply ask, hey, how are things going? Hey, how are you doing after that event? How are you doing since this happened? Hey, are you okay since... And it doesn't mean I think you're weak or I, I think you're vulnerable or I think you're less than. It, it really says I think you're important. I think you're special. I think you have value. So many times we don't want to meddle in anybody's business and, and we definitely don't want anybody meddling in ours.
I remember as a foolish young man being involved in, in a relationship I, I should not have been involved in. And a young man from Texas who lives in Georgia came to my dorm room and he pushed the door open and he stood there framed in, in, in the doorway. And he said, Jonesy, I know you're going to kick me out. Actually, you'll probably throw me out because he was a small guy. He said, but somebody needs to tell you this. And if it costs us our friendship, I'm going to tell you this. But if I let you do this without saying anything, I'm not your friend anyway. And he told me what he had to tell me. And he was right. I threw him out of my room. And, and I mean, literally threw him out of my room. I grabbed him by his collar and by his belt and I pitched him outside. I broke up with that girl the next week because somebody cared enough about me to say, hey, I think you're making a bad decision here. Somebody cared enough about me to say, hey, this is not the path you want to be on. Somebody cared enough and had paid enough attention about who I said I was and where I said I wanted to be and what I said I wanted to accomplish. And they said, this is not the path. This is not the way there. And I care enough about you to insert myself in it. And it wasn't insulting and it wasn't intrusive. It did make me a little mad, but it, it only made me mad because it was true. In order for us to be better as a society, in order for us to be better as people, we've got to be willing to, to step across some of those lines. We've got to be willing to check on people. We've got to be willing to offer our help. And in, in some cases, we've got to be willing to offer an unsolicited opinion, not from the standpoint that I'm superior or that I'm better or I'm smarter, but from the standpoint that I care about you. And, and I'm going to offer you this gift for free. And what you do is it is on you. But please understand that when I gave you this piece of advice, or I gave you this caution, or I gave you this exhortation, or I gave you this rebuke. It's not because I hate you, but because you're valuable. It really is all about interpretation. It's how we filter the actions and words and deeds and make them say something they aren't intended to say or fail to appreciate what they are actually saying. If you see something and you know that it leads to disaster and you don't say something, did you really do anybody any favors? Did you really protect someone? Did you really help anybody? Don't be afraid to do good. And don't be offended or interfere with people when they try to do good for you. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by Erupt. Erupt is the underground youth rally from the Volcano Room deep inside Cumberland Caverns. It's an annual event. This year it takes place October 24th at 6 p.m. It will be broadcast from their YouTube page. The speaker is Austin Johnson. His theme is Deeper. For more information, contact them at eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. 
That's eruptyouthrally at gmail.com or look at their website, three W's and a dot, eruptyouthrally.com, www.eruptyouthrally.com.